0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit presenceoc.org. Oh, my goodness. You guys' worship was incredible. Amen. I loved it. I loved when uh, Gus was just playing. He's like, we're just going to start again. And he did it twice. I love that because there's no performance in the kingdom of God. Like, this is not a performance where people are singing a song on the stage, and we're like, woo, that's really nice. You guys are up there singing a song. Like, this is actually, like, we're getting to have an intimate connection with the king of the universe. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. And so I, I just love that. I love that we just have fun here. I love that we goof off here. I love that we're a family. How many of you guys is your first time here? Just wave at me. Welcome so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. We feel so honored to have guests come and, and just, you know, encounter God with you guys. Uh, we encourage you, hey, if, if uh, this is your first time here, maybe come a few times. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this. I'm just going to go low. I'm just going to go low. I'm going to go low. Is that okay if I go low? I'm going to go low. Lower still. There's more on the floor. Lower still. We love that people come different times and check different stuff out. We encourage you come a few weeks, see if this is your home. You know, if this is not your home, we'll help you find a place. We're friends with a lot of good pastors in the region that are just going after God, and so we want to encourage you. Let me just pray for just a sec because I just feel like I want to do some profound stuff this morning. Amen. Jesus, we just thank you so much for transformation, transformation that comes by your presence. God, your presence transforms everything about the way we think, the way we look, the way we act the way we feel. God, I thank you this morning that uh, all of us are going to encounter you in a way we've never encountered you before. Amen. In Jesus' name. Goodness. We're planning another church in San Diego. That's pretty crazy. Do we know what we're doing, Pastor Jesse? Our Our senior leader knows what he's doing, Jesus Christ. Uh, We met in San Diego like 12 years ago. Um, I went to college with uh, Jessica Skinner, our senior pastor's wife, and uh, she was actually our Bible study leader She was on fire. She challenged me one day right when I had really gotten impacted by God. Um, I encountered the Holy Spirit in my apartment, 19 years old. I'm an alcoholic. I'm broken. I'm hurt. And the Holy Spirit came into my apartment and said, Chris, you can keep living the way that you're living, but you know the end of it. And I knew in that moment that my life was on a highway to hell and Jesus Christ was standing before me with his arms open wide, pierced hands, pierced feet, big old smile on his face saying, don't go this way. I have something better for you. And uh, the Lord came, he met me. I went through the surrendering process. So I show up to a Bible study like thereafter and I'm wearing, you know, the same clothes I used to wear because that's just what you do. I didn't go buy new clothes yet, you know, because I just had the old clothes that I wear. I was wearing this shirt and on the back of the shirt it had like uh, a girl in a bikini or something on the back of the shirt. And I got up and I shared my testimony in the Christian meeting and Jessica says, so now that you're saved, you're gonna stop wearing that shirt, right? It's funny. I didn't even realize what was on the shirt cuz you know when to the pure all things are pure it was like my mind was was cleansed like I didn't even think about it. I was like, "Oh, yeah, you're right. That's no good." I just love it. I love that your wife is like that. She's just bold enough to just say whatever is in her head. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. She's like, "This is how it's going to be. This is how it is. This is what truth is." It was awesome. Um, Jessica's younger brother, James, mentored me. If you guys know James Edwards, he was here. He mentored me in the gospel, and it was awesome. So, we had a lot of encounters in San Diego. We've seen God do a lot of things in San Diego. When this church launched, we had a passion to kind of launch some other communities because we know a lot of people that are just hungry for more in God, uh, that don't have a place they call home, that we consider family, that live in other cities. And also, there's just a lot of people that need to meet Jesus. And honestly, the church is God's vehicle for the gospel to spread. And we want to gather people around his presence. We want to gather people around his purpose. And we want to see San Diego saved. And we're living in a day, you guys, you're living right now in the greatest revival that's ever happened. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I have, this, this is actually true. I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth right now. There are more people coming to Christ today than any time in human history before. You know, in the book of Acts, it says that a few thousand people were saved when Peter got up, when the church was born, right? It says that 3,000 people were saved, and it goes on, 2,000 people were saved a few days later, things like that. Like, thousands of people getting saved in a day. Well, I got to go and study alongside kind of this evangelist at a school, and he was like reading that verse, and he was like, God, like, thousands of people getting saved a day. Like, I want to live in a revival like that. And God said, how many people have been saved through this ministry to him? And he started doing the math, and he's like... Well, we've seen in Africa over the past, you know, 15, 20 years, we've seen over 70 million people come to Christ through this ministry. That's a lot of people, guys, 70 million people. And so he started doing the math, and the math on that ended up being over 8,000 people a day coming to Christ just through that ministry alone. You guys, we're living in a greater day than this book talks about in the book of Acts. We're living in that day right now. We have the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead living within us. We have a greater connection to God than even the disciples had who walked with Jesus Christ in the flesh. I was listening to a teacher this week. He was sharing how the disciples had to put up with the fact that Jesus Christ, you know, maybe he didn't shower all the time. They looked at him. He was like a human person. He had flesh. He had skin. They walked around him. They had to be around him when he had to sneak off and use the restroom sometimes. Like, they had to be around him in the flesh. You get to have a connection with God in the spirit that is greater than the connection that the disciples had there in the gospels. That's pretty crazy, you get to live. They're bringing me a sweet table. You guys are so sweet. You guys are so awesome. Don't you love these guys? This is Stephen. He's single. This is Carmel. She might also be single, but I'm not sure if she wants me to tell you that. So I just, I just kind of throw that out there. They're good people. They love Jesus. Amen. All right, back to the sermon. Back to the sermon. Because we're living in a great revival and we just wanna participate with what God's doing. So if you have a heart for that, you know we invited certain people down. Uh, We can't give an open invitation for everybody to come down because we already have not enough room for the people that are gonna show up to the meeting next week. But um, come in the following weeks or contact us if you have questions. Blast it on social media, let people know. The purpose of this community is that people would be saved and people would meet Jesus. Um, And we're gonna see it. So we're excited. Uh, It's the second of probably more. So good news, right? If it's on your... I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break here. If you feel called, uh, we're all in full-time ministry, amen? amen we all are. We're, you're a servant. It's too late, Jesus made you a servant. <laughs> but if you feel called to pastor in some dimension, I don't know if that means you're gonna get your paycheck from pastoring. I don't know if that means you're called. But if you feel called to pastor at some point in the future, maybe plant a church, maybe go lead a ministry, like something like that, I want you to stand your feet. I want to pray for you right now. I wasn't going to do this. This is not part of the plan. Just wait a little bit. Look around the room, you guys. This is kind of cool. This is awesome. I'm just going to wait just a little bit because I feel God's presence. I feel like there's a couple more people that your, your heart's burning right now. and Maybe God's just, like, doing something with you. Okay, good. Um, awesome. I know there's, there's one or two other people. It's okay if you felt scared. God's going to get you anyway, even if you didn't stand. But uh, why don't you stretch your hands towards these guys if you're around them. I just want to pray for doors to open. God's call makes room for his provision. His vision makes room for his, his, his provision. And his call makes room for his opportunities. So I want to pray right now that great and effectual doors would open for those that stood in this room here today. We just declare in Jesus' name that they are more than enough they are more than enough to step into the call of God. Some of you guys are already pastoring in one dimension or another, but but God has something even greater for you—a uh, greater dimension of this leadership gift. God, we just bless those that are standing. We just declare that heaven would, like I don't know, how to describe this kind of like Jesus going into the river and the heavens were open. Something like that would happen over them. God, we just declare that there would be supernatural encounters that mark them in this season. We declare that angels would begin to move. And, and, and arrange situations, arrange opportunities. God, we just thank you for your voice. We thank you for the call of God on their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can, you guys can have a seat. Why don't you guys give them a hand clap because that was kind of a bold step. That was a bold step. That was awesome. That was a lot of people. Just encourage you. I was told by awesome people who I still love, who I still consider leaders in my life, that I'd make a horrible pastor, that I wouldn't be any good at it. <laughs> Uh, You know, I've been encouraged. There's something about the call to to preach, to minister, to pastor and stuff like that. It's kind of unavoidable. (laughs) If you can't do anything else with your life, God might be calling you into that. (laughs) So I just want to encourage you. For those of you that didn't stand, the people that stood aren't more important than you. They're not better than you. God's just been speaking to them about building community, creating a place like this for people to encounter his presence. You know, honestly, it says in Ephesians 4, the gifts of God have been given, well, one, it says in Romans, they've been given without repentance. They're there and God doesn't take them away. It doesn't matter what you've done, how much you've messed up, the gift is still there. The call is still there. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I've watched many people, I'm kind of speaking prophetically right now, I've watched many people walk away from the call of God. I've watched pastors walk away from the call of God. I'm reminded of a a great, great man of God who I know who walked away from all this kinds of stuff. He just had hard stuff happen. He made some mistakes. He got ostracized by the community that was around him. I remember having, uh, having soup with him one day and just encouraging him and just talking to him. I had never met him before. Fast forward a year later, he's traveling all over the world doing the things that he was called to all along. Now, I don't consider myself to be the catalyst to that, but I got to watch it happen. God wants to encourage you. It says also in Ephesians 4 that the gifts of God are given for the building up for the perfecting of the church. So God has a bride who he wants to be in full proportion to the head, Christ Jesus. He wants the body to be in full proportion to the head. I love what Jesse said at the beginning. He said, beholding as in a mirror. He was talking about it during worship. You see, when you see Jesus for who he is, you begin to see you for who you are. As he is, so are we in this world. I haven't even gotten into my message yet. Is that okay? I'm just kind of talking a little bit, just kind of having fun. How do you prepare for messages, Chris? (laughs) Pray. (laughs) Gosh, I wasn't gonna do this. I feel like I'm supposed to prophesy over a couple people. Could I have, are, are you four together? Are you four together? Could you guys just stand for me for just a second? We don't normally do this, but I just felt the Lord on this. Um, I'm having names flash in my head. I don't know why, but I'm going to start with you, uh, daughter in the white. What's your name, Bridget? Bridget, Bridget God has called you a bridge builder. And I saw the Lord just coming around you in this season. He's doing something really powerful between you and your mom. He's doing this restoration process. He's been speaking to you so hard. You've been praying so much for family. You've been praying so much for family reconciliation. I promise you that within the end of the year, multiple members of your family are gonna know Jesus in the most powerful way. I promise you, the Lord's around you on this. And I just see... um, I describe this, I see this pillar of red next to you and I feel like the Lord wants to say to you, the past is behind you and the future is ahead of you. You can't look back anymore. The Lord is so with you. Like you made a real sacrifice about three months ago. You left a certain relationship, you left a certain situation to like actually like step into what you knew God had for you. God has so much more for you, Bridget. He loves you so much, amen? Is that okay? Is that okay? Awesome, awesome. I um. Oh man, I'm here, I, I keep getting these A names and then I'm getting like the Sarah name. With a K. is there What are the rest of your, Alyssa, okay. Um, I kept getting this a, a names flashing in my head and I, I was scared to step out on one specifically. So I was like, maybe one of these A names is one of those guys over there. So A names, so Alyssa. Alyssa, do you do stuff with music, but it's like creative stuff? Like you almost, like you wanna work in supporting people in like record industry type stuff or music industry? Does that make sense to you at all? No, not at all. OK. Creative stuff. I don't know. I, there's something around you with working with people in creative industry, and there's something around you. I saw you sitting with people in restaurants that are on the radio, and I saw you sitting with people and actually encouraging them and speaking life into them. And God's actually brought you here to Southern California for a huge, huge purpose in your life, and it's bigger than you can ever imagine, OK? Is that awesome? Is that awesome? I'm gonna get the other two of you after the service. Is that okay? Could you guys just stretch your hands towards them? What are your, your other two gals' names? Katie and Kirsten. That's nice. Kirsta, Kirsten? Kirsten, nice to meet you. Just say, we just bless you, gals. We just declare that this is the greatest season of your life. We just declare that you're coming into promises like never before, and we declare that God's purposes will have full effect in your life in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Wow, that was different. This is fun. fun. This is so fun, isn't it, Carmel? Oh, gosh. You guys, if church isn't fun, God's not the problem. If life isn't fun, God's not the problem. I want to take you to some verses uh, we're going to read here out of Philippians. We're going to read out of Philippians 3, but I'm also going to kind of create a little context by reading to you out of Acts chapter 16, which is actually where the birth of the Philippian church happens. And uh, as I'm reading these verses, I want you to insert yourself into these verses. I want you to insert yourself into Scripture. You get to insert yourself into the Bible because it was written for you. I want you to insert yourself into the team of ministry that's happening here, these team of missionaries, because we're all on a mission, amen? We're on a mission from God. You ever seen the Blues Brothers? We're on a mission from God, you know? I'm dating myself right now, 32 years old. Blues Brothers. All right, Acts chapter 16. I'm gonna read a lot of verses. Just read with me, flow with me. I'm gonna flip a couple versions around on you because I like to have different versions, but I'm reading from the NASB. If you have your phone, you can put it on there right now, but uh, Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra, and a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were at those parts. Ouch. Um, just keep reading. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, while they were passing through the cities, uh, they received a lot of persecution when they went to preach the gospel of Jesus because they were Jews who had come to faith in the Messiah. The Jews had been waiting for the Messiah to come and they're like, no, he's here, he's come. His name's Jesus Christ. God came in the flesh, he's manifested to us. He died on a cross, he rose again from the dead. He's alive, he's resurrected. He became our sin and now we get to become righteousness in him. So they went around but they're getting a lot of persecution because they're like, these guys are rejecting the traditions. And so they're like, well, you know what? We're We're gonna dress that way a little bit. We're gonna act that way a little bit just so that we can win more people. We're going to become all things to all people. But I don't, I, we don't do that anymore. We don't circumcise people later in life. Anyway, keep reading. Um, now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. Say, increasing in number daily daily. I was just in Columbia and last weekend, and the Christian population of the city we were in, we estimated the evangelical Christian population to be less than 1%. When we left, we believe it doubled. Over three days. Most incredible miracles. Uh, a young man testified he'd been healed in the prior crusade. Um, he was paralyzed as an infant. He stood up in the crusade, 18 years old, paralyzed as an infant, he got healed. He's testifying on stage in front of however many people were there about how God healed him a couple months ago. That's pretty amazing, guys. So people are crying. and You know, during worship, it was awesome, because during worship, there were like 30 people standing with their arms in the air, and the rest of the people were just sitting there looking around. That's a good indicator. That's a good indicator. We watched the first night, 80% of the people responded to give their lives to Christ. say increased in number daily. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. That's interesting, isn't it? They wanted to go somewhere, but the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 over here. Anybody ever been there? Amen. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. If, if the Holy Spirit permitting, not permitting them it wasn't enough, the Spirit of Jesus had to come and not permit them to. I just love the word. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. Say a vision. a vision. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I'm just going to keep reading because this is a good enough sermon. So putting out to sea from Troas, we came ran straight course to Samothrace, I hope that's how you say that, and on the day following to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, say leading city, a Roman colony, and we were staying in the city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer, and we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. Isn't that awesome? They just went out, there like, hey, let's go pray somewhere. Let's just go pray. Let's just, let's just go talk to Jesus. And they saw some people around and they just started talking to them. It says uh, in my, it's not actually in the scripture, but it says in the little little header here, it says first convert in Europe. Do you guys realize that we might not be here if this hadn't happened? I want you to think about that. Is anybody European descent? You know, it's just, Okay. A woman named Lydia, isn't that awesome? A woman from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God. So here she is. She's one that, that knows about God. She wants to serve God. She's living in a way that wants to serve God, but she hasn't heard the gospel in its fullest explanation yet. A worshiper of God was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul because Paul, was, he had been a Jewish teacher, so he knew how to speak from the Jewish mindset. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us saying, "If you have judged me, be faithful to the lord i 'm going to get to the points God just keep keep reading, guys. If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay and she prevailed upon us. women have that power to prevail upon people Hey honey." <laughs> My wife's here. Uh, It happened that as we were going to a place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us who is bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out saying, these men are bond servants of the most high God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. It's awesome when the devil starts doing the work for you. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, <laughs> they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. We were down in Colombia. It, it was amazing just watching the Lord move. During worship, people would start collapsing under the presence of God and just, just doing the... Not, not like that phone. Kind of like that phone. It sounded like that. Did I pay you to do that? That was perfect. That illustrated the sermon perfectly. People started falling down and manifesting demons, and we'd have little teams run over and grab them and take them off and just hug up and get them free. And one, one person, I watched them. It was crazy. Like, all of a sudden you know, the the, the power of God came and started just touching that person and they got this look of fear on their face. It was weird, it was like I turned and watched it happen and they took off out of their seat and started to run out of the building but before they could get out, the Holy Spirit just arrested them. They just collapsed to the floor and then, you know, the Lord just had his work. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? You see, when the gospel gets preached, light shines in the darkness and the darkness can't stand up against it. That's in John 1. Darkness can't stand up against it. You know there's no fight when you turn on the light. You ever been in a dark room before, and you walk in there, and you're like, man, it's really dark in here. i got to find the light switch, you know? Sometimes maybe this happens early in the morning. You get up early in the morning or something, you got to, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I have to get up sometimes in the middle of the night. You have to go flip the light switch, you know? you got to go flip the light switch on. Oh, just flip, flip the light switch, you know? You get in there. There's no fighting going on. You don't have to command the darkness to go like, darkness, get out of this room right now. No, you flip, you, you flip the light switch. There's no argument. You see, the gospel is the light switch, and you're the light, the gospel is the light switch, and you are the light. I was preaching in a meeting one time, and I said, if, if we as the church would simply preach the gospel, whole cities would just get saved. I, I, it's really novel, isn't it? It's just, it seems like a new idea. Where did this idea come from? As soon as I said those words, somebody in the back of the room stood up to their feet and just started screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up, and I was like, oh, must have been a good point. Don't worry, they got free. It was awesome. Oh, back to the word here. Uh, so they, they grabbed Paul and Silas. They dragged them before the magistrates and the authorities. Verse 20, when they had brought them to the chief magistrate, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews. They're proclaiming customs, which is not lawful. So Paul and Silas get in prison. I'm gonna keep reading, you guys, because honestly, we need to read this a lot anyway. Just, if you want your life to transform, just start reading this. Honestly, just read this. 19 years old in my apartment, I was reading this. Jesus came into my apartment. I got radically delivered. I got born again, again. I'd, been, I'd gotten born again when I was seven years old, but my life didn't look like it. God came. He delivered me. He delivered me of demons. He filled me with the spirit. I had a Holy Ghost experience. I started having all these radical things. I'm by myself. I start speaking in tongues. I start laughing hysterically like Pastor Jesse does all the time. All these things are going on. I'm like, what's going on? I'm by myself in my apartment. This is just happening, me and God. How did it start? Reading the word. Amen. right they threw him in prison verse 24 they were commanded to be guarded verse 24 he said having received such a command they threw him in the prison fastened their feet in stocks but about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them how many guys know that we're not called to live by our feelings we're called to live by faith whose faith the faith of the son of God Galatians 2.20 says, you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives within you in the life you live in the flesh. You live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God. How much faith does Jesus have? A lot. Do you ever feel like you don't have enough faith? Awesome. Quit looking at you. Look at Jesus. He's got more than enough. I like it when we pray for people. Sometimes they come up to me and they, they tell me all about their problems and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't have faith for that, but Jesus does. I always tell people, they come up, they try to tell you about how bad their problem is and stuff This happened just, just last week. They're like, oh my gosh, like da 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 is going on. I'm like, oh, no problem for Jesus. Healed in Jesus' name. All right, check it out. I like to pray quicker than I think about it, you know, so that way I don't think too hard. One the night, we saw every single person healed. God doesn't love Colombians more than he loves Americans. We're not called to live by feelings, we're called to live by faith. These men are obviously not living by their feelings. They're in chains, they're in prison. Do you think when God spoke to them through a vision, he gave them this little vision, they're like, I think we're supposed to go there. Like, we think we're supposed to go to the city. I think it's supposed to happen. Do you think they expected to get thrown in jail? Do you think they expected all these things to happen? You there's only one kind of warfare promised for the believer, and that's Persecution. Why is it so quiet, Pastor? Did you know the Bible doesn't promise that you're going to have to like wage war against like demonic powers and curses and things like that? Anyway, I'll get on that in a little bit. I'm just going to I'm going I'm to stick on this for a little bit. Is that okay? Us charismatics have a lot of weird beliefs, but about Paul, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there came a great earthquake. Say, great earthquake. That is a good sign. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were in fashion. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because as as a Roman guard, if you mess up, there were big consequences. How many of us live that way? Anybody live that way in the past before? Big consequences if you mess up? Maybe you're still living that way, trying to kill yourself because you feel like you keep messing up, trying to beat yourself into submission instead of recognizing that all of your flesh, all of the brokenness, all of the wreck of your life was crucified with Christ on the cross. If you would see yourself identified with Christ on the cross, if you would see the wreck of your life as crucified with him, you would no longer hold on to the things of the past. All things would be made new. I'm gonna preach more on that in just a sec, but... Paul cried out with a loud voice, "Do not harm yourself for all here," and he called for lights and to be rushed in. And trembling with fear, the jailer fell down before Paul and Silas after he brought them out and said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" Wow. You guys, this is a good example of church growth. This is a good example of how to evangelize a city. Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus, you and your household to be saved. They spoke the word Lord to him and with all who were in his house, he took them that very hour of night and washed their wounds immediately he was baptized and all of his household and he brought them into his house, set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. I'm gonna go, uh, go with me to Philippians 3. That, that's, how the, that's how the church in Philippi was born. It kept growing, things kept happening. Paul kept going back there. Go with me to Philippians uh, chapter 3. I don't hear any flipping, so everybody must have a phone. (laughs) Thank you, sound effects. (laughs) They need to put like a little sound effect for preachers. Thank you, Carmel. Carmel's making extra noise. (laughs) Philippians 3 verse 1. (laughs) Paul's writing this to the people who know the story of he and Silas in jail. He's writing this to the same people who know the story of how they were jailed, how they worshipped in the middle of the night because they weren't living by their feelings, they were living by faith. Uh, a great preacher named Smith Wigglesworth, everybody heard of him? He uh, saw, I think, 13 people raised from the dead in his life. Just incredible things. If that sounds weird to you, read the Bible. It's, it's all over the place. Jesus resurrected from the dead and people started coming out of their graves around him. That's actually in the Gospels. That's put up with that. How do you like that? How do you like them apples? Resurrection from the dead. Physics Wigglesworth resurrected about 13 people from the dead in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. People would ask him, like, what is it what do you feel like when you wake up in the morning? What's life like when you wake up in the morning? He says, I never ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels in the morning. I tell Smith Wigglesworth how to feel in the morning. I made a decision about 18 months ago that I can't afford to have down days. Why? Because people need Jesus. And I'm going to heaven. <laughs> if life's hard, it's because we've left Jesus somewhere. His yoke is easy and his burden's light. His promise, that's his words. Those are the words of Jesus. I didn't say there won't be challenges. I didn't say that there wasn't going to be things that'll happen, but your perspective doesn't have to be dictated by the world around you. Your perspective gets to be dictated by the world within. Christ and him crucified. So if you need to get up and dance in the morning, get up and dance. If you need to get up and declare over your life who you are in the morning, get up in the world and declare, in the morning, declare who you are. The world needs you to be you. Okay, that was another message. I've preached like five so far. I'm, all, I'm almost done. I'm just gonna read through this last portion and we're gonna pray for folks. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you again is no trouble to me and is a safeguard for you. Beware, I'm gonna read in the King James Version because it's kind of fun. Go to King James if you're, uh, that's the nice thing about the phone. You can switch versions. Beware of dogs. <laughs> He's not talking about puppies. <laughs> Beware of evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. Beware of teaching that's telling you you have to do a bunch of stuff to get closer to God. You know, if you just climb up into this realm of heaven, you know, brother, I've been to the, the eighth realm of heaven far above the seventh realm. I know you're, you're in the seventh realm of heaven, but I'm in the eighth realm. Some of you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but there's, there's folks of us in this room, there's folks of us, I might be preaching to people listening online, that believe all kinds of wacky stuff. There's all kinds of wacky teaching out there about God. Jesus Christ. The gospel is not the message of your love for God, it's the message of God's love for you. Come on. The message, the message of the gospel is not about what you can try to do for God. It's what God's done for you and who you now are in him. And if you would simply believe what he's already accomplished, everything would change. Everything would change. If circumstances, how would you worship right now? How, would you, how excited would you get if the biggest problem in your life right now were to change this very instant? Think about the biggest problem in your life. Maybe you're like, its I'm single. <laughs> That was me for a long time. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, I don't know, family member. Maybe it's just stress, work. Think about it for a second. How would you worship if today that changed? How would you worship? Let me tell you something. Why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? Why are we waiting? What if you were already rich? What if you already had all things? That's what the word says. Ah, beware of those evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. Verse three, for we are the circumcision. We are those whom Christ has cut away the old life from. You know, the concept of circumcision is in the Old Testament. Um, Ishmael, the older brother, who is a representation of man's efforts to try to accomplish the promises of God, Abraham hooked up with his slave to try to have a son. God promised him a son. Abraham hooked up with his slave to have a son. That wasn't God's plan. God said, no, I'm going to give you a son by Sarah. I'm going to an heir through Sarah. Well, Ishmael was circumcised at 30 years old. Ouch. But Isaac was circumcised at eight days old. Circumcised where he has no memory of it. He doesn't remember the pain. He doesn't remember any of that stuff. You've been circumcised with a circumcision not by hands, but a circumcision that's been accomplished in Christ Jesus on the cross. The old life has been cut away. All things have been made new. Don't argue with me. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. All things have been made new. Just some things, just a few things. Just, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. No, all things. God doesn't just want you to go to heaven. The devil's not afraid of you knowing that you're going to go to heaven when you die. The devil's afraid of you knowing that you get to bring heaven while you live. Chris, thanks for preaching to me. This is really good. For we are the circumcision which worship in God and spirit and truth and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. This is no confidence in your efforts to get closer to God. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man think of him, thinketh, I'm gonna read the King James, that he hath whereof, he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law a Pharisee. That's, that's meaning I, I was really good at this legal thing of trying to please God with my own efforts. Concerning zeal, I persecuted this, this new sect called the church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. I'm gonna get to the biggest point in this message in about one and a half minute. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung. I don't know what your Bible verse says. It literally means cow. I know the word, I just like hearing you guys say it. I count all those things but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ. How much faith does Jesus have in you? That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Did Jesus suffer from demonic curses? Did Jesus suffer from sickness? Did Jesus suffer... (laughs) Just throwing some things out there for all of us charismatic people in the room. Did Jesus suffer from depression? He did not suffer from depression. We'll pray for you... Who here, you you actually have, um, this is gonna require some boldness on your behalf, but actually God's gonna deliver you right now. You've been diagnosed with any type of clinical depression and you're on uh, medication. God's gonna deliver you right now. All I want you to do is raise your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you for being bold. Anyone else? Just put your hand up. Why am I having to be bold? Thank you. All right, if you're around them, you guys don't have to stand, but I want you to pray over those ones that raise their hands. Just put your hand on them. You feel that anointing? Feel the power of God here. If Jesus didn't suffer from it, you don't have to suffer from it too. When he walked in the earth, he didn't suffer. He wasn't wasn't broken. He didn't have down days. He didn't need that stuff. He didn't regard his... His past of rejection, you know, people rejecting him, his family rejecting him. You don't see him talking about them, being like, oh, my brothers and sisters, they don't know who I am. They, don't, they just don't receive me. He didn't do any of that. He knew who he was. It doesn't matter what family you came from. It doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth. God had a circumstance in you. His plan, he preordained you to be born into this earth. He has a plan for your life that's bigger than anything that's ever happened to you. You you might be saying, but I was abused. Well, Jesus was abused. He never complained about it. I'm, I'm speaking to you right now because this is the source of your freedom. All around this room, people could tell you sob stories of things that have happened to them. But they don't dwell. We don't have to dwell in those sob stories. The Lord Jesus Christ has broken the sob story. He's broken the repetitive cycle. He's broken that record. He's split that record on his knee and that record don't play no more. God, we just bless these people in Jesus' name. We just declare deliverance right now. We just deliver people all over the room. We release angels to go touch people all over the room, even the ones that didn't feel bold enough to raise their hand. God's got you. There's a girl where I'm pointing right in here and you've been dealing with eating disorders, the Lord Jesus heals you right now. God, we just thank you for what you're doing all over the room, all over the room. You guys can stop praying. I'm just gonna read the last verses. If by any means I might attend to the resurrection that not as though I've already attained all either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which I was apprehended by Christ. This is the verse. This is the point right here. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do. Do you wanna know what the secret to a successful life in God is? It's right here. Right here, look at the words. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward unto those things which are before, I press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what lies behind, but pressing forward to the high calling of God. Your past does not define you, Christ Jesus does. Stand to your feet. Whew. And your feet. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father. My buddy was just preaching in uh, in Africa, and he told me a testimony. He was preaching in this whole school. Like, every kid in this school gave their lives to Jesus. And uh, while he was preaching, he saw some missionaries in the back. And he said, you know, this, this message applies to you too. This message of Christ crucified applies to you too. And immediately, these missionaries started weeping. And one of them came up, all three of them actually came up, but one of them came up and she told him later, I had to hear this message. This is a missionary's kid on the missions field who had never given her life to Jesus. You see, like Paul, your past doesn't define you. Your family doesn't define you. The fact that you grew up in a Christian home doesn't define you. The fact that you grew up doing the right thing. You might be in the greatest depth of sin or you might be like Paul who's living righteous by the law. You might be living a good life. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. He is the savior of all mankind and especially those who believe. Right now, God is speaking to your heart. Some of you in this room, you've never given your life to Jesus before. You've never given your life to Jesus before. When Jesus Christ was on the cross hanging naked before the people, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That same voice of the Father is saying, I forgive you today of everything you've ever done. I forgive you today. I'm not looking at your past. I'm not looking at the things there. I'm looking at your value and I would die a thousand deaths to redeem you again. If you're here today and you know that you're supposed to give your life to Jesus, I want you to come out of where you are and I want you to come to the front. I'm just gonna wait a little bit. I know, I know there's people here that, that that's you're supposed to, so I just want you to come. He hung naked and on a tree for you. You can, you can come before people. I'm just gonna, can I, I get somebody up just to strum a little bit too? If I get Gus or somebody that's here, I don't know where they are, but uh, if you're here today and you know you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want you to come. I just want you to come. Why? Because you're facing the fear of people and you're overcoming it by coming forward. So I'm just gonna wait just a little bit. I know there's people here. You're gonna come. God's got you. Don't let fear stop you from giving your life to Jesus. Amen? Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Let's just pray for a little bit. God, we just thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, I just hear the Lord saying, this is me. He's saying it in my head, encouraging me because it feels scary when you're, you do stuff like this. But I don't care. I died. God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Yeah, come. Go ahead and come. Just make your way out. Just go ahead and come. Come, daughter. Come, daughter. Come. Come home. Come home, come home, come home. Yeah. Also, if you're if you're here today and what I'm doing is speaking to you, you know you're like, man, I, I need to go full bore on this. I need to go fully in on this. Just put your hand up. I need to go in on this right now. I need to go full bore. I need to just let go of things. Awesome. Just see those hands up. That's awesome. I thank you, Father, for those hands. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.